0: We have reached week 12 in Around the League from UGASports.com. This is the show where we go around every game in the SEC, in this case, whether it deserves it or not, because uh, maybe we should just share some recipes, Coach. It's a cupcake week for half the teams in the league.
1: Hey, It's unbelievable uh, that some of these teams are playing who they are, but the reality is Got to give the dogs a lot of credit. They played Sanford. They're undefeated since we played them. They're going to get a buy into the tournament. So if they can beat Mercer this week, they'll be the undefeated uh, champions of the Southern Conference. And if they don't, they'll be uh, co-champs. So glad, glad for Sanford Bulldogs. But uh, some of these other teams aren't real good, are they, Brent? Nope nope and nope.
0: <laughs> those are the voices of Jim Donnan and Brent Rollins. I'm Dane Young. This show is made possible by Connor Grading and Landscaping and ASW Distillery. They've been season-long sponsors of Around the League. Connor Grading and Landscaping has been with us ever since we've gotten started with this. We'll mention both of those a bit later on. Brent, I'm going to stick with you as we start with the biggest game of the week. Coach and I talked about it. Georgia versus Kentucky. Georgia's a 22 and a half point favorite on the road. Though Vegas has the over/under for this game at forty-nine? Not expecting a high-scoring game in Lexington.
2: No, and, and the biggest thing for this game is you have to take care of your business early. The longer you let this, let Kentucky hang around, and you know, Chris Rodriguez, if you can't tackle Chris Rodriguez and he gets rolling, and then the crowd gets into it, if all those things kind of build up in a positive sense for Kentucky, you're, you're going to be in for a four-quarter game. But I think if you take care of business early and you, you know, go up 17 to three or, you know, 20 to six, I mean who's something like that early that the crowd almost will kind of shift and almost turn on their, the home, the home team in a way. But the biggest thing is tackling Chris Rodriguez. He's not like, their offensive line is not very good, but he can be good and make you miss independent of their offensive line, not being any good. So You know, I think that's what they have to take care of business early. And, you know, also, if you're Mr. Levis, this is another opportunity for you to show the NFL world what it is that you can do.
1: You know, I'm going to put on my coaching hat here and just look at the, and I've never been in a situation uh, quite as where you lost a couple of teams that you shouldn't have in a, you know, like I've lost to some, but not two of them like South Carolina and, uh, and Vanderbilt, Vandy. but uh, I'm taking uh, the the deal of Stoops. I mean, you got to look at what we do best, and what we do best is run the ball. And let's take out all this uh, gingerbread stuff we're trying to do with formations and everything. And let's get some maximum protection uh, p- play action and take some deep shots to these fast receivers that Brent told us about early in the year. And Ole Miss, I had no idea how fast those guys were, but but you, you do what you do best and then uh, don't give the game away with stupid mistakes and stupid penalties. And, you know, I heard in his press conference where he said he had their team was two penalties away from being uh, eight and two, but they're also a couple plays away from being five and five too, because they won a couple close games. So offensively, I mean, I just pull the reins in and know that we just can't afford it takes, uh, try to be real fancy against Georgia because they'll just create so many lost yardage plays with the speed that Georgia has. And then defensively uh, keep the ball in front of you and hope Georgia stops itself some, uh, you know, maybe create some lost yardage plays. But again, the morale of your team is at, at stake here. Uh, it's got to be low. They had high expectations. They got uh, storm by Tennessee, a team that they were going to be number two in the league. Uh you know, they did win at Florida, but uh, I just think Georgia's got way too much on the line here, way too much going for them, and uh, I know how hard that our team works to play against a running game. I, I know how Coach Smart really works hard on tackling and game gang, gang tackling and things like that, so it, it, it would be one of the biggest upsets in a long time if they win, but, you know, things happen like that, and they got to hope for some some uh, breaks, and uh, the weather certainly not in Georgia's favor, having not played, but last week helped them a little bit. but it's supposed to be cold, cold, cold up there this week.
0: That's a different kind of cold too in SEC standards because that that wind will cut through you up there north of the mountains. Um, yeah, the one
1: thing that I remember about that stadium um, and uh, basically is the it's not one that has a, a lot of Chance to hold the wind out. I mean, it, a lot of wind blows through there, even uh, when it's not cold. So and the windy conditions help a little bit with the kicking game and all that. So uh, I got to go with the dogs. Though. I just feel they're really rolling right now.
0: A game with a similar point spread in the SEC East Tennessee going to Columbia, South Carolina, 21 and a half point favorites, expecting a lot of points in this game with a 66 point over under. Coach, Tennessee's been rolling. They need some style points to try to convince people. This just looks like a rough day for
1: South Carolina. It looks so good that it, that it might not happen. I mean, if you just look at the blueprint, for what they do and what South Carolina does. I just don't see South Carolina after the way they played against Florida. uh, They, they just, they look inept offensively. Maybe Lloyd can get back on the field and help them, but man, oh man. uh, Spencer Rattler tries to get out there and keep up with, with Hendon Hooker. Even in warmups, he can't do that. It's going to (laughs) be unreal. Uh, But I think it's just one of those, showtime things for them that they after looking at the results last night of the playoffs, uh, what, what they, where they have them. I mean, they got to get style points because it's hard for a team that didn't win its division to to get into the playoffs, particularly with USC playing the teams they're playing TCU way they're going uh, Ohio state Michigan winner is going to be in there. So they got to get style points. Don't they Brent? Very much so.
2: And it, the interesting part of that is you talk about the one loss non-division that's gotten into the playoff. you're talking about superior brand names like Alabama and you know high state things like that. So the interesting I, I saw this stat earlier than the week on Twitter. I think it was one of the South Carolina kind of beat writers. but South Carolina and SEC games this year has never had a lead change. So if they've gotten up by seven, what? they've stayed up the rest of the game and won. If they've gotten down first or scored, you know, huh. not scored first, they've been down the entire game. So take the ball, Beamer. Score first. <laughs> Give yourself a chance.
1: Yeah, maybe they can return that kickoff like they didn't even say it I mean, just didn't block anybody like Beamer was talking about. So said, we didn't even block it, and they went all the way. So uh, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think they, they really have been living on Tulsa time for two years down there. A really good job winning the games that just inexplicably they won. Uh, Their schedule was unbelievably easy this year as far as their non-conference. Lucky to be going to a bowl. They just got to hope they play a team that they can compete against or they could end up with a losing record because you've got to figure that Clemson's going to put a whooping on them next week too. I saw where Shane Beamer said that,
0: Had he not hired Pete Limbo to be the special teams coordinator, that he just wouldn't have hired for the position. And I guess what he meant was we could just handle it. Like I didn't even know the context of what he meant by saying that because I just thought this day and age, every coach, every staff needs someone as the point person for special teams. I get that it's a shared responsibility, but that was a
2: strange comment to me. And especially when your last name is Beamer, right? He thinks, "Oh, I got this."
1: Yeah, I mean he he definitely been a special teams guy with his background but uh yeah, and they got a fake punt again last week uh unbelievable uh and that's one thing about they've had five kicks blocked this year and I don't I can't remember many teams ever having that um coach Duke said a couple of them were just low kicks that the guy didn't get up but five kicks blocks not good
0: Vegas said that Arkansas LSU was going to be a pretty tight game, and a lot of people scoffed at that. And sure enough, Vegas pinpointed it right at the three points that it needed. To be, again, a team going to Arkansas, this is Ole Miss this week, going to Arkansas two-and-a-half-point favorites, Ole Miss on the road. And Brent, it looks like Arkansas is a bit of a tough place to play, somewhat because of weather, but also because their defense got going again.
2: Yeah, they got a lot of pressure on Daniels, and it's one of those things where both of these teams – just played a game that really and truly they should have won, but their quarterbacks just weren't good enough. Like Horton, The combo of the the Hornsby kid and, and Fortin playing for Arkansas and then Dart at the end for, for Lane and Ole Miss, and just they couldn't make plays when they needed to. And what was amazing about especially the end of the Ole Miss game with Alabama was you've got Judkins that goes 52 straight yards by himself on three carries to get down there whatever they got on, like the 14, 12, 10, something like that. And it doesn't touch it again. Like,
1: what you doing, Lane? (laughs) Yeah, that was – you know, Lane was mad after the game. Uh, You know, because they had the game. I mean, when you look at it, the the way they didn't kick a field goal early, some things that they could have done. But uh, you you just don't know if Charlie Weiss Jr. is calling the plays all the time or Lane's jumping in there. But uh, realistically – always remember this anybody that's a coach that watches this the one thing you could take from me what got you there is what's going to get you in the end zone usually so if you've run it down there don't necessarily think you got it that they're going to stop you all of a sudden make them stop you and then if they do go to something else but boy that guy was on fire and uh, not only was he getting some pretty good holes but he was running and breaking tackles after the first contact and uh you know he had a little burr in his saddle, too, because Alabama didn't recruit him, and and being from Alabama and all that, it was a big deal for him. But it was a bad loss for Ole Miss. They were right there. And now they're going to a team that, you know, is fighting their ass off to get to a bowl game. Like They're going to be playing Missouri next week, too, who, you know, we never know what Missouri's going to do. I mean, their coach got a new contract now. He had not won a game since that. But uh, <laughs> I, I just – you got to have a quarterback. I mean, I was talking to a couple of guys around the country uh, and just as philo- philosophically and I know Brent feels the same way. The teams that got a good cue and and a little bit of something else, they got a chance every week. But if you don't have a guy that that you knows is going to do it every week, you're going to have a hard time having a winning record.
0: I wonder with Quinshawn Judkins being from Pike Road, in Alabama, which is just on the east side of Montgomery, if Lane Kiffin will have the opportunity to say, "Why don't we just go home together?" War <laughs> Eagle,
1: question. I mean, you know that's got to be uh, chapping a lot of people in Ole Miss's butt because this happened to him once before. They told you know Coach Tubbleville said they'll have to take me out of here in a pine coffin before I leave Ole Miss and. About three days later, he was a coach at Auburn. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen. Auburn's certainly a good job. Ole Miss has become a, a very competitive job, too. Uh, but there's a lot of money over there. And, you know, Jimmy, Stoops, the, the uh, pawnbroker for all the, the guys around the country. He represents Mark Stoops. There's a lot of rumor about him maybe going to Nebraska. But uh, the blooms off the rose right now with Stoops, uh, you know, five and five. uh I mean, excuse me, six and four up there. I mean, it's not what, what to expect from Kentucky, but, uh, we, we can speculate on that, but, uh, I would say it's going to be hard for Cadillac Williams to get the job. I mean, obviously a lot of motion and everything, but, uh, We'll be talking about that game next. Is that our next talk about? Or, or- well,
0: I was I was reading the rivals uh, Auburn site, and one of the reporters over there said that there's a little inter- internal pressure at Auburn to figure out who the next coach is going to be before the Iron Bowl, just so they don't have to deal with any of the pressure of what if Cadillac found a way to win the Iron Bowl, because if they did that just creates some PR pressure that maybe he's the man for the job.
1: And I agree with you, Coach. Like right. That's a good – that's something that I hadn't thought about. But I, I can tell you that would be almost like Appalachian beating Michigan this year with the Auburn's team. Because Auburn's going to – might get beat this week. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Well, WKU played an extra game because they played in Hawaii – uh, they're seven and four. They got a really good offense. Their defense leads the nation in takeaways. Um, y- you know, they're doing a good job of uh, every year. I mean, last year they had that quarterback that's playing some for the Patriots. Bailey Zappi. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Tyson Helton knows how to throw the ball. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they got a good defense Uh We'll talk about that, I guess, coming up. But, no, uh, we're
0: talking about it now. now. Talk about it. I like
1: Western Kentucky in this game with the points. I don't know if they can win the game, but anybody, all those Auburn fans celebrating that win over the Aggies last week, you need to get in there and pull hard for for this team because it looks to me, Brent, and Brent watches a lot tape a lot more than I do. I, I've seen so much tape in my life. I'm, I'm almost cross-eyed, so I don't watch it and study it like he does. And that's one of the benefits for you, you people that listen to our show. He does such a great job with that but i guarantee you, it looks to me like every play that auburn runs is drawn in the dirt before the play i mean they got so many broken plays it's it's unbelievable uh, will friend is the offensive line coach he's calling the plays he's trying to find some ways to get the ball to these guys and and, and their best play to me is go in the huddle and and the quarterback just say hey center to me and we'll add a bit from there or center center to me and i'll figure out a way to bumble it and hand it to uh tank or, uh, you know, it's just, they have so many broken plays. It's unreal. It? Brent. I mean, almost a
0: five and a half point favorite in the uh, at home, Brent.
2: Yeah, I would, I might, That that's a very intriguing number. I mean, it, it, it feels like a three more so than anything, but I, like coach said, it's a one read. And if the one read is not there or I'm not handing it to tank, it's all right, let's run around. Let's have some fun. Let's see where it ends up. And that's just not a way to live uh, in the world. But I will say one thing, one last thing on the uh, the Arkansas-Ole Miss matchup. Has, st- you know, has Bryles and Pittman, have they, they figured out that number 40 for LSU is pretty good and tried to block him yet? Oof. A week later, I don't think they've still figured that one out. But anyway, that's the
1: idea. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that guy's getting paid a lot of money to not take care of that. I mean, Kendall and he's, he's a good guy. Young coach, and he's got a lot of different things going on. But typically, spread offense has a tendency to just think, "Well, we're going to out execute. We're going to do this stuff." It'd be different if Jefferson's back there. But you know, now you got a, a, a the third quarterback actually is coming in in the third and fourth quarter. You got to do something to scheme him up and help him. Just like to me, I heard you say this uh, to when well, we were eating the other night about Mississippi State. They had all week. They played the game and single blocked him on the pass pro. I mean, that's not good, Mike Leach. I mean, I think you're one of the best innovators ever, but your old line coach got to think, wow, wow. You think we think we maybe should have double Carter a few times? And it was
0: also just the splits of how much space that they left him to work with there. Like there weren't yes. chips or help or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was a pure pure bad decision there, but. And I make a lot. Of, I've made a lot of them too. But I guarantee you that when uh, we played a guy like Booger McFarlane or Jerome Brown or whoever it might be, we spent all week working hard on how we were going to try to negate them, and then everything else would would we'll just take what we can. But we're not going to let the guy beat us by himself. I didn't mean um, to laugh
0: there, but anytime someone says Booger McFarlane, I think of a joke that someone told on the internet that when Zion Williamson got drafted by the Pelicans, they put a picture of Booger McFarlane up there and said, this is what you're going to look like after a couple of years in New Orleans with that food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell you, Booger slimmed, down, Booger slimmed down some now, but I'm, he's one of the quickest linemen I ever played against D-line, but Jerome Brown was just a c- complete man there playing uh, for Miami. Uh you know, we had all these wishbone plays to the strong side and the weak side away from him. We could not block him on the back side. I mean, no matter what we did. So we spent the whole off season figuring out, you know, center block back, uh, pull back, cut back, and cut him, whatever it could be. But he, he just completely annihilated us. And we had all conference guards and centers. But the most dominating player I ever played against, easily.
0: So when I was on my way to Mississippi State for Georgia at Mississippi State, my neighbor texted me and said, can we borrow your hedge trimmer? And uh, I was like, well, I'm not there. But when I get back, you can use it. And what I should have done is just said, why don't you go a little bit beyond the hedge trimming and call my friends over at Connor Grading and Landscaping? Because it's a really good time of year to get them out at your house and make sure they can come up with a plan that works for your yard for what you need to have done. They can help bring your vision to life. It says it right on their website here at
2: Uh Brent, how's that vision at your yard going right now? Slowly but surely. Unfortunately, my life has like been really, really busy in the last month or two. Uh, but once I actually take a breath and, and get it all figured out, we're, 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 we're rolling with some of the work.
0: Well, if you uh, contact the folks at Conner Grading Landscaping, they'll come do it for you. You've done it before. You'll do it again. Uh, this is, uh, if you want some earth moved or maybe you want to get some pavers put in, I just think it'd be great to have a fire pit outside this time of year. Uh, and so that's something I want to consider for my backyard as well. Coach, I know your yard stays well manicured, uh, but Conner Grading and Landscaping could have some ideas for some things for you too.
1: Yeah, I probably got to check on some drainage issues here. Uh, you know, I've had this house... Uh, 27 years so I I got some areas I'm gonna have to talk to them about on that Uh, and usually my problem is some things come up that I don't I don't even check on uh, that uh, I know that that Connor's group has come over here and uh, talked to some people and worked in our neighborhood and everybody's been real happy with it and you will be too
0: go to connorgrading.com to check them out one more game in the SEC this week guys and coach I got to give you a little grief here because if you remember last week's show, I said, "Watch out for this Vanderbilt at Kentucky game."
2: It, now cool. I followed up
0: by saying, I followed up by saying I didn't think that Vanderbilt would win, so I can't give myself the full pat on the back. But I just said, "Watch out for this one." And we well, don't exactly
1: right. And uh, that was a, a really good job of uh, using using right uh, to his full potential. I mean they uh, they ran the, and, and by doing that. Uh, Kentucky had to loosen up a little bit and open up the back some. And then I was amazed at the way they could throw the ball against Kentucky, too. But the, the overwhelming thing for me, though, if you look at stats, which we look at, Vanderbilt last in the nation in pass defense, last in the SEC in sacks. They go up there and look like uh, an all-world secondary, an all-world rushing to passer. I think mean, five or six sacks, less than 120 yards passing for Levis. I mean, it, it was just ugly the way they annihilated that line because, you know, they're, C- Clark Lee has just set up his defense not to give up a lot of big plays. So they hadn't tried a lot of pressure this year. It's ridiculous to do that because they don't have the guys that play man coverage, but they had some really good zone blitzes. And uh, fortunately for me, because we did play Kentucky this coming week, I watched that game. I, I probably would have never watched it, but I watched it. <laughs> And I was just amazed throughout the game with the success they had rushing the passer, not only putting him on his back, but just, you know, doing some really good things with it. And then Kentucky got the game won and then gets a stupid penalty there uh, for hands to the face. And then they go down. And just a really good call on the goal line. You think they're going to throw the fade. The guy takes a one-step move and then breaks inside. And Cardinal rule, Brent, don't ever let a receiver inside on the goal line, right? Don't let
2: him cross your face. But just happy for Vanderbilt. Like, that's the the monkey that is, what was it, 26 in a row that they had lost? I mean, I was one week early, unfortunately, in terms of outright picking them. But I think and listening to Clark Lee after the game said a lot to me because it wasn't like he was ta- taking in the win as it was his win. He was talking about how you know this is for a bunch of kids who are believing in something and working their tear off, and I'm just glad that they got to enjoy it. Like, I, I love that sort of commentary from him after the game. And then I'm also actually feeling pretty good about my Florida running the table pick. They feel like they've, I think they've kind of found themselves the The vibe of their team looks completely different over the past few weeks. Now, obviously when you play not as good a competition, that helps, but still yet Richardson is a whole nother animal in what they're doing. And, and I think they're just growing and kind of ascending in a way. But like we said, I, like I said last week, they could win out, go beat Florida State, feel great about themselves, but they lose the sort of – and if Richardson goes pro and all that, other than that, they lose a lot of the core talent that they
1: have because it's just older. Yeah, they're going to be as big as anybody in the portal this year. I mean, they got to do it to, to make that quantum leap and, and catch up with Tennessee and Georgia. But uh, really good coaching job by Billy Napier. Uh, they, they're doing what they do best, and they're getting their running game going. And when you, when ATN's running, that other guy's running like that, you got to worry about him because he can read it and keep it. And I tell you what's his skill level is so good as far as when to accelerate, when to cut back. I mean, he he could be a pro running back, not to mention he's going to be a pro quarterback, but uh, for Georgia's sake, I hope he goes pro. I mean, (laughs) he's got the talent to do it and uh, he gets in the right system. He'll, he'll be really good. Florida's a 14-point favorite against Vandy, though.
0: Brent, I think that Florida and Florida State's going to be a pretty intriguing game because both teams seem to have found new life at the end of the season with help of the schedules, as you said. And as Mark Rick said on the ACC Network, he's talking to Mike Norvell on the eye, and he says, Mike, I went to Miami. I coached at Florida State. I coached at Georgia. I coached at Miami at the end. And I just have to say, can you go beat the Gators' ass?
2: (laughs) Yes, that was awesome. Uh, just a little to aside. for that yeah I, I, I get to hang out with coach rick once a week we we have a men's group thing that we do uh and somebody sent that clip to him on, on our text <laughs> His response was whoops <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that that's a whoops i think that that's
0: a, nah, how he that. really feels there uh, it, hey, was, it, was it was good it was good Coach, one other game I know you wanted to highlight here LSU, a 14 and a half point favorite at home. This is a late kick, nine Eastern, eight Central. Uh, it is at home, but UAB, not not the easiest of the cupcake games.
1: Yeah, you watch UAB uh, over the years, they've, they've always been a team that uh, well coached. Bill Clark decided to retire because of his back problems this summer, and they've they kind of been up and down. They've had some good wins, but some bad losses. Uh, you know, it's a team that has SEC caliber players on its roster that is a lot tougher game physically than normal that you'd play one of these cup. but it's a case of you better be ready against them like Georgia was last year, or the, these guys are capable of playing with you, so – I don't know that LSU is good enough to just go out there and uh, throw their hats in the ring against these guys and dominate them. But, you know, everybody's patting them on the back and they're talking about the SEC, you know, and all that, which they should be very deserving of. But uh, they, they're they going to have a probably tougher game this week than they will with A&M, the way A&M's playing right now. We talked
2: about Perkins earlier. I was just curious because he, he's just now kind of – really coming into the the spotlight. He's only had 99 pass rush snaps. Yet he is tied for 17th in the Power 5 in quarterback pressures and tied for 6th in sacks. Like he's had like I think it's 6 at least 60 less pass rush snaps than anybody else ahead of him. The efficiency and the the numbers that he's putting up in the little limited time and Dane you called it out like what 3 weeks ago maybe just sort of watching out for that that dude is, he is just the unreal athlete, good. man, unreal sort of. And he, uh, linebacker like Myce, Micah Parsons, edge guy like, you know, Von Miller. Like, that's the kind of talent that this kid has. Oh,
0: and I think Georgia's going to have to find a way to mitigate what he can do, but most teams don't have Darnell Washington, so I think Georgia has some advantages in throwing yes. something at him that maybe he hasn't seen. Uh, There's some things that I've seen, and that's at the local stores where I imbibe, and it's the ASW Fiddler Bourbon. It's something you need to have in your collection for game days. We've been really excited to become partners with ASW this time of year here at UGASports.com. The Georgia Heartwood Fiddler Bourbon is what I have been sipping on for most of the season. I've also had their unison, uh, really just their whole line, whether it's uh, the bourbon or the vodka, or they just have a lot of options. So go check out ASW Distillery. They have a tasting room at the Battery beside the Brave Stadium, so that'd be a great thing to go check out there. Or wherever you buy your local spirits just say hey i want some asw distillery because it's made in georgia it's made by people that love uga five of the six founders went to uga and they like to say that they are distilled by dogs thanks to asw distillery for becoming our partners this season all right guys there are four more games i'm going to kind of do these in in two little clusters here just if anything comes out to your mind brent i will uh, start with a little trivia question for you umass plays texas a&m east 10 Tennessee State plays at Mississippi State. UMass has one win this year. Who's it against?
2: I have no clue. I do know I do know that the spread for this game is like 33, and I was kind of thinking, can Texas A&M score 33? Like, 33 more and than, a half. More than, is, yeah. it's can they what score I more than that? That was my only okay. thought about this game, but I have no idea who UMass' win is against. UMass beats Stony Brook. Oh, okay. I will say this. I do know, fun, fun fact, East Tennessee State – at Miss State, Coach Donan, five and one at Marshall against East Tennessee State. Average
1: margin of victory, 40 points. Ooh. Five in a row after year one. That one loss to him still a burr in my saddle, man. I mean, we um uh, we were trying to get our our team uh you know, working our figuring out who was playing and everything like that. And just ridiculous. Uh, we went over there to East Tennessee and our, our quarterback forgot what he was doing. And, and I did a poor job, but that was that. Uh, why'd you bring that up? I mean, because <laughs> you Lord, killed them after that, coach. That was year yeah, one. We, Marshall. After that, yeah, you we, destroyed them. We did, but that, that first one was uh, really bad. But
0: well, let me ask this hypothetical because I've been trying to determine what would constitute Texas AM. Coming up with eighty six million dollars to tell Jimbo Fisher to go away would a loss to UMass be that?
1: Yeah, it'd be. I'd get that money coming I mean. out of the stadium. People be donating it right there. <laughs> but here's the deal. I think the real issue for them to help them out is tell W WVU they'll pay their buyout to Shane Lines, the athletic director they fired, and and Brown, the, the coach who's twenty million, pay him twenty four million dollars let Jimbo go up there, say, hey, we, you can leave, you can go there. And uh, Jimbo goes up there, and then they get a new coach. So he, he saves 60-some million by doing that. What do you think?
2: Uh, as a West Virginian person, I don't know that I want to see You don't Jimbo want
0: to see that this... offense there? I mean,
1: I'd almost rather <laughs> see Rich Rod. Gotta, I'd rather I see Rich Rod gotta, if, if that's, that's the case. One alternative or you can – you can say, take me home, West Virginia, to Rich Rod and bring him back there. He's 8-2 at Jacksonville State this year. and you know He stayed one year at uh, Louisiana Monroe with Terry Bowden, and now he's over there 8-2, going to be in the playoffs. Uh, he's, he could coach him up, but uh, I'd take Rich Rod back there, wouldn't you?
2: Yes, Bef-
1: especially before Jimbo, by the way.
0: <laughs> and, yes, Texas A&M has a worse record than Vanderbilt this season. That is a fact. Unbelievable. Two more games here in the SEC. We have New Mexico State at Missouri. Missouri's 28-and-a-half point favorites at home. Let me tell you some of the teams. New Mexico, just the world travelers. They've gone to Minnesota. They've gone to Wisconsin. I thought they would have gone to Hawaii, but they played them at home. Uh, they actually played at UMass so that was probably the the worst <laughs> matchup of the yeah. year New Mexico State at UMass and then they go to Liberty next week in what potentially could be Hugh freeze's last game at Liberty who knows uh, and then the final game in the SEC Alabama at home against Austin P which is just uh don't get
1: hurt before the Iron Bowl How about them on, on a way to Auburn, uh... Liberty forgot to beat uh, UConn last week, so uh, that that didn't help uh, Hugh Freeze. But uh, let me just say this: Jerry Kill, the, the New Mexico State coach, was kind of an interim guy, and uh, they offered him a contract, and he, you know, he hasn't signed his contract yet, even though the team is doing okay. He, he you know, Jerry Kill's coached a lot of different places. Uh, amazing that he just. Coaching without a contract, but I guess he knows what he's doing. But he could go over there and ask old uh, Drinkowitz what to do, and maybe he'll get a million dollars more for Drinkowitz. Who knows? So (laughs) it's unreal what they're doing there, but we're having a little fun here. But hey, Drink, you need to win this game. You need to win next week. I mean, to deserve that uh, that new contract you got, I could see him give him another year, but two million more a year. Come on.
0: I want to wrap this show with just like a quick Heisman discussion because I was looking at odds and I was looking at stats right now. CJ Stroud is the odds on favorite to win. But when you start looking at the stats coach, he does not stack up to the best numbers in the country at quarterback. I know there's more factors that go into it there, but to well, he me had,
1: he had that awful game in the, in the wind and rain and snow at Northwestern where they didn't, they had like 70 yards passing. That hurts his stats, but, you know, everything's on the table for Hooker, for uh, for him. Uh, all these guys playing these conference championship games, Hooker's going to get hurt on that. But still, Bennett's got a shot just because you look what he what he did, what he finished up last year, and then what he's done being a national champion. And you look at what Bryce Young did down the stretch last year That when nobody knew who the who was going to win. And then he just came on and had to come back, win against Auburn, played great against uh, Georgia in a championship game. So uh, it's up for grabs. But I would say Caleb Williams right now has the best chance, not because we know him and like him and everything, but he gets to play Notre Dame. He gets to play UCLA. He gets to play either Utah or Oregon. So those are three primetime games that everybody's going to see him on. Yeah, I think it's just which which quarterback has the the sort of
2: finish with a flurry in a way. It could, by the way, could also be Drake May. Like if Drake May oh, goes yeah. and puts up those numbers and then goes and beats Clemson in the ACC championship game, there's going to be a lot of talking because there, there's going to be talk that hey, this kid is by far the best player in college, you know, because of the spirit yeah. of the I award. I mean,
1: the on his back, he's he's a tremendous quarterback and uh, just uh, memo to Longo, their offensive coordinator. If things get tough, make sure he gets the ball in his hand, kind of like what happened to. Uh, Oh Miss, you were talking about on Junkins. Uh, that's what happened in, against Wake Forest at the end. They had the ball on the five-yard line, ended up kicking a field goal when they could have scored. Let May handle it every down, man. Oh, wow.
0: Well, player. it's a reminder that the Heisman doesn't always go to the best player in the country. It goes to typically the best quarterback in the country or the one that puts up the stats. Because the best player in the country, his name's Jalen Carter, and he just <laughs> doesn't have the stats for that.
1: Yeah,
0: he
2: definitely is. But it's definitely a award this year, like last year, that we'll I think will, won't be determined until post-championship game Saturday. Which, exactly. as Coach
0: said, probably hurts Hendon Hooker
2: in that respect. But then helps Very much so.
0: you know, May and Williams and Stetson. Um, and then it, we'll see with Stroud if he's even in there, because they have to beat Michigan, too. Uh, all right, this has been Around the League and a bit of Around the Country here from UGA Sports.com. Thanks to Connor Grading and Landscaping and ASW Distillery. Guys, we have one more week, uh, and then that'll be it for this. This is a seasonal show that we do. Uh, maybe we do some kind of postseason something. I don't know about that. I think one year we did a bowl preview, one year we didn't. Not really feeling it, because bowl games don't really mean what they once did. But we'll see. Maybe we'll have something. I will in, uh, predict this on the
1: bowl games. You're going to see some of these teams that aren't in the playoffs. You're going to see a mass exodus on the uh, well, on the opt-outs. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how many Alabama players opt out. I agree with that. I think that'll That's happen all great across point. the country. Here, great point.
0: All right, thanks to Grading and landscaping and ASW Distillery, Coach Don, and thank you, Brent. Thanks as always. I'm Dane Young. We will see you next time.